You know, Chris, I, I was curious how I was going to start off this week's show. And I'm still not entirely sure because as we were talking before the show started, wasn't a big fan of this episode of AEW Thunder, AEW Lightning, AEW Rampage, whatever you want to call it. I think the women's match was the best match on this show. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, there was a lot of really like good talent, really solid talent um, on this show, and nothing seemed to work for anybody very well. Um, I think you're right. I think that the match of the night was Britt Baker and Riho. Um, and that's not saying much. I didn't like that match even that much. So I at least like the story they're telling, though. You know, at least mm-hmm. there's that. Whether the match itself was necessarily that great, eh, okay, we can, we can, you know, kind of cut the tea leaves there. But I, as far as the story they're telling, Riho seems to have Britt Baker's number. Now 3-0 and versus Britt in singles matches. It's going to build up to a championship match. And, I mean, they have so many shows coming up whether it's winter is coming or new year's smash or the first dynamite on tbs or the battle of the belts or oh yeah there's a pay-per-view too and you get into this with cm punk and mjf too we're also seeing it now with danielson versus hangman when the hell are these matches happening can we start getting some dates because it seems like aew likes to promote all these different things all at the same time and I never have any idea when anything is happening unless the pay-per-view is in like a week. Yeah, it's a general problem with AEW for sure. It's something that Jimmy and I actually talked about on the skirmish this week. Um, he said like, okay, so I, I, I'm excited to see Danielson versus Hangman. When is that happening? And my answer was, I have no idea. And I don't know if they have any idea um, because they seem to just sort of book a lot of this stuff one, maybe two weeks in advance. I know that people talk a lot about AEW long-term storytelling, but it needs to be cohesive. And if it's not, then it's not long-term storytelling. It's just long period. That's it. There's no, there's no storytelling at all. And as far as the match today with Riho and Britt goes, um, you're right. I mean, if you're, if you're writing a really great novel, it's okay if one chapter is a little slow. Like it's not the end of your, it's not the end of the story as long as the rest of it, you know, moves well. And I do think that they did a good job of continuing on with the story that they have between Riho and Britt Baker. Yep. Absolutely. Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to AEW Rampage Uncaged, part of the Hameen Media Group presented by ChattelAttitude.com. I am your host for the evening, Dr. Michael Jargo, P.H. D and I'm joined alongside my tag team partner, Mr. Chris Ams. Chris, welcome back to your show. Thanks a lot, Jargo. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm coming to you live tonight from Hamilton, Ontario. Which, yes, for those of you who know anything about Ontario, is about a 26-hour drive from where I live in Ontario. Um, but hey, you know I'm in this hotel. The Wi-Fi sucks, but I'm in Ontario, so I'm still in my cell range, and I'm able to put it on my regular uh, cellular data, and it seems to be working just fine. So hooray, 
Fantastic, right? Good times. Of course, we're waiting for the GAG, the COVID kid. My man, Jimmy T from the PWC, he should be along a little bit later. So we're going to kill a little bit of time here. Chris, I, I got some interesting news today that I wanted to uh, break here on Rampage Uncaged. Kind of get your thoughts. The Young Bucks have officially signed a new contract with AEW, reportedly through 2026. Now, the thing that's interesting to me, number one, was that their contract was already coming up. And number two, if their contract is coming up, I have to assume that also means Kenny Omega's contract is coming up. And more importantly, Cody's contract has to be coming up. Now, Kenny Omega, I absolutely would expect is going to stay with All Elite Wrestling. I don't think Kenny Omega translates to the WWE Raw SmackDown format in any way, shape, or form. We've had that conversation before. But Cody is a little bit more of an interesting case study because things are not going well for Cody right now. Cody's the only one that has any kind of roots inside of the WWE. Could we see a bidding war for Cody Rhodes in the immediate future? I got to be honest with you, Jargo. I'm not sure that the WWE is in any kind of hurry to make a bidding war for anyone other than maybe Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. I think that they're overall idea and attitude lately is the name on the marquee is WWE and people are going to show up for it period. I don't think they care about star power. I don't think that they, I think that it's a complete mistake. I think it's dumb. I think that the entire history of the fight game, which I'm sorry, like that's what the, that's what professional wrestling is. It's part of the fight game. Yes. I know it's also live theater. Yes. I know it's also storytelling, etc. but it, it translates best as fighting and I mean, for anybody out there who knows the UFC, who follows the UFC, if they have, you know, two women who are top 15 in their division headlining a UFC, they do not get the views. Yeah, that's a fact. The thing that's interesting about Cody, and I guess we're going to see a lot more of this Wednesday. Wednesday, they're in Atlanta. So Cody's hometown, he's in a street fight against Andrade. Is Cody going to get booed out of Atlanta? I, and I, I mean, if Cody's hope. not over in Atlanta, is Cody going to be over anywhere? It's like, d dude, either turn heel or get the hell out of AEW. Yeah. I mean, we had a conversation about this again, you know, last week we were talking about what do you do with Cody, right? And I've had several people message me and talk to me and say, you know, he's, he's good if he stays as a tweener. It's good for him. Well, the problem with that line of thinking is, you know, because I've heard people compare him to, oh, you know, like John Cena does in WWE. Well, here's the problem. The WWE has an audience of a bunch of little kids and moms bringing their little kids to the show. So they'll chant, let's go Cena, while everybody else chants, Cena sucks. The AEW audience is not like that. The AEW audience, I mean, when I was at Full Gear, um, a guy that we do some podcasts with, Jeff, said that his family was there and they wanted to know, you know, if they could see me in the crowd and maybe come up and say hi to me. They wanted to know how to describe me. I said, well, I'm about 6'1". I'm in my mid-30s. I'm, you know, I have a red beard. And basically the reaction was, that's everybody in this fucking building. Um, and that's not wrong. 
that's exactly the truth about what the AEW fan base is. There's not enough people for Cody to be a tweener in this company. So I, I don't see that as being anything that they can do. I think they have to turn him heel at a cer- certain point. Otherwise, they've just lost the crowd. I've never bought into the whole any reaction is a good reaction. No. I, I've never bought into that. And I, I just I don't get it with Cody because, you know, it used to be that Cody seemed like he was more in touch with the wrestling fans than any other professional wrestler. Like when he had first left the WWE, like he had his thumb right on the pulse of what was cool inside of professional wrestling. And now he just seems so in the Cody verse, you know, where it, Cody like made he's a just professional wrestlers names and it, it was a big deal for the rest, for the internet wrestling community. People wanted to know who's on that list. Oh, what's that list? Oh, when's he going to get to all these people on that list? It really was a big deal. You're right. He's like, he absolutely had his thumb on the pulse of what wrestling fans want. So I'm not sure like, but I do have my sneaking suspicions that this has been a very long heel turn for Cody Rhodes because I have a hard time believing that somebody who understood that well three years ago has just forgot. He's or just that understand. clueless. It's crazy. Absolutely crazy to me. Let's talk about tonight's episode of Rampage coming to us once again from the Winthrop Arena in wonderful Chicago, Illinois. They're going back there in 10 weeks. Like they, they might as well all just buy second homes in Chicago at this point. That or Punk should just buy a really, really big couch. It's crazy <laughs> how much they are in Chicago. The show starts off tonight. Adam Cole, baby, and Bobby Fish otherwise known as the Disputed Era, taking on the best friends Orange Cassidy and Wheeler Yuta. And Chris, this match was built around who has the better friendship, Bobby Fish and Adam Cole or Orange Cassidy and Wheeler Yuta. That was the build for this match. I don't know how many times I got to say it. We need better than this out of Adam Cole. And I, I don't know what in the hell to do at this point because Adam Cole is so far removed from the Adam Cole that we saw in NXT, even the Adam Cole that we had in Ring of Honor. He is stuck in this comedy hell, and he's somehow he's just got to get out of it. Yeah, I mean, look, I said last week that I don't think there's big money in Adam Cole, but there's something in Adam Cole. There's something better than fucking this in Adam Cole. Like, this is not even European championship level like bullshit going on. This is 24 seven championship bullshit that they keep booking this guy in. And he's at least like an upper mid card talent. I don't, I don't know that there's a lot of money in Adam Cole. I really don't, but there's a lot more than this. This is nonsense. There was zero heat in this match. None, none whatsoever. And there was absolutely none in the promo on Wednesday too. I was watching that promo on Wednesday. And I remember say, I said to Jimmy in the skirmish, I was like, this is like February in fucking Winnipeg. There's no heat. Zero. And the thing I don't understand is Adam Cole and Britt Baker, there's Jimmy T, are very much the same kind of character, right? Like they're both the cool heel that people want to cheer. And we saw both of them on the same show tonight, which is kind of a rarity. 
But you watch Adam Cole go out there, and people just like Adam Cole. Adam Cole cannot get heat inside of AEW. No matter what he does, there is zero heat to Adam Cole right now. Britt Baker, the same kind of character. She's the cool heel. People love Britt Baker. She goes out there tonight, and in that match against Riho, Britt had a ton of heat. Britt can still get her heat with that AEW fan base. Adam Cole cannot. I, I don't know what you do with Adam Cole at this point other than turn him babyface. Jimmy T, we've talked about this for years at this point. I was ready for the Adam Cole babyface run at the end of his Ring of Honor run. We never got it in NXT. The way AEW is kind of lining up, the way I see things, Kenny's going to be the babyface. Adam Cole's going to be the heel with the Young Bucks. How do you get Adam Cole heat inside of AEW? That's a good question. How do you get heat with Adam Cole in AEW? Well, first of all, the only way you can give him heat is when Kenny does come back as a babyface and he turns on Kenny. That's the only way you can probably get him some heat. And when I, I say I, turn... I still think people will cheer that, though. I don't think Adam think Cole so? will get heat for that. Well, it all depends. Like, if he's a, a real cheered babyface when he gets back, Kenny, right, where everybody's on his side, then I think he can get some heat. If he's not then we're going to have problems. <laughs> but either way, he's got to stop doing this shit. You know what I mean? I Adam Cole, Bay Bay. That's the only way you can get some booze. That way, they'll actually boo him out of the building. Chris, do you have any solutions how to get Adam Cole heat? <clears throat> well, I think Jimmy's right. I think that everybody in the arena desperately wants to chant Adam Cole, Bay Bay, and boom. Um, I don't know why. I don't understand it. Maybe I'm just the cranky old man yelling at people to get off my lawn. That's fine. Um, the, the way that Britt Baker got heat tonight is that she was in there against someone who's the size of my six-year-old daughter. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you just have to have Adam Cole beat up uh, Wheeler Yuta every week, but even that, like... That he, gets is cheered. He, is he taller than Wheeler Yuta even? Can he actually get any... Well, that's what I mean. I don't know how you get this guy heat because he's so much smaller than everybody else that he could compete with that inevitably he looks like he's fighting from underneath. I don't, I don't really know how you get him heat other than just being the most dastardly evil heel of all time. And I'm not sure that mustache twirling uh, Adam Cole really works. I think the only way you can get Adam Cole heat at this point is you have to turn in babyface for like, a year to 18 months and then have him turn on somebody. I mean, let people cheer him, let them get it out of their system and then have him do something dastardly. Like that's the only way that you can get Adam Cole, any kind of heat. And I mean, that's very much the Shawn Michaels formula, right? Like he's the cool heel. He's a total dick bag until people like want to cheer him long enough that he becomes a baby face for, you know, eight months. And then he super kicks somebody unknowingly. And then people hate him again for like, you know, a year and a half. And then it's like this never ending cycle, except we'd never get the baby face run. Yeah. That's and strange. Orange Cassidy. I have thought over the course of the last like year and a half that they've kind of defined orange Cassidy's personality a little bit more that he was kind of getting away from the stupid stuff. He was becoming a bit more serious of a character. Chris tonight was a completely Gresham 
to the first time I saw Orange Cassidy. This was freaking awful. This is probably the worst Orange Cassidy match I've seen in at least a year, probably 18 months. You know, you know that friend you had in high school who would say a joke that wasn't funny, and then you'd be like, yeah, okay. And then he would repeat the joke 18 times because he thought you didn't get it. That was Orange Cassidy tonight, repeating the same fucking joke over. Like, no, the crowd gets it. They don't fucking care. Stop doing it. And Jimmy T. Wheeler, Utah, I... <laughs> Is there a more generic person inside of all of AEW than Wheeler Yuta? Like at this point, this dude has zero personality. There's no reason for me to like him or dislike him. The only thing that comes even remotely close is the fact that he's wearing like high top Nikes with his long, like leotard pants. And it's just looks freaking ridiculous. Just like you said, Jago, I, there's nothing to like or hate about him. I'm, he's just, I'm indifferent. I don't care if he's on TV. I don't care what he does. He's just generic, dude. And and the problem with that, this is another thing. Why is he part of chaos as such a generic guy? Like, why? I feel like they're trying to push him. And I'm not talking about up to, obviously, in the top of the card, but just trying to push him on television. Yet, why? What are they seeing him? He does nothing. Know. Develop. You know, I've been saying this on the skirmish with Chris. I truly believe AEW need some sort of development department, like a performance center or something like that, where they well, can I mean, work on that. Isn't that why Elevation and Dark Elevation and Dark Not and... Elevators, like Chris would say. I mean, but, you know, at a certain point, you got to put them on like Rampage or Dynamite and see if they sink or swim, right? Like, right. I, I, I think I've seen enough out of Wheeler Yuta and he sank. Well, release yeah. him. Let him really? get some time on the indies. Pick up somebody yeah, else. Absolutely. Give them time. Let, well, isn't that, he? Isn't he part of the LA Dojo, Jimmy? I think he is, but don't quote me on that. Um, Shibata sure needs that. to kick the shit out of this dude. <laughs> I mean, yeah, just kick can't. the shit out of him. No, I agree, man. But he must be part of the LA Dojo because he hasn't been coming to Japan, has he? I don't think no. he has. No, he so, hasn't yeah, he been would in be. Japan. He would be part of the LA Dojo, 100%. I assume he would. But yeah, he's just shit, straight up. Sorry, uh, I said it. He's just Nothing shit. about this dude says Shibata is training me. Nothing. <sighs> well, hopefully... Except for maybe the lack of personality. I mean, let's face it. like It's not like Shibata was you know, the, the most charismatic guy I ever saw. No, you're right. But he, but he had a something. presence. Right, exactly. So I mean, that's hey, you... one more good headbutt and Shibata's basically going to be Eugene anyway, right? So. Oh, shit. Yep. But that's true. Yeah, Chris is right. I, I hate to say it, but he, yeah, you're right, Chris. Just wait. He's going to become the KOPW. And all of his matches are going to be presented under UWF rules. You think just so? Just wait. It's going to fucking happen. You just wait. Well, it's happening slowly more and more often. So, yeah, you're probably right. Speaking of guys that have zero personality, let's talk about Tony Nice. Um, Tony Nice evidently to. is undefeated in AEW. Um, has Tony Nice had a match in AEW? Whoa, that, whoa, like, whoa, I whoa. missed the memo. Whoa, Was whoa, it on, whoa. like, you know, AEW? Dark I'm and Elevator? 
darkened elevator? Yeah. Is, <laughs> like is Tony Nese having matches over there. That means he's having about as many matches on TV as he had in the WWE over at 205 Live, right? That's bullshit. Yeah. He definitely had at least one match. Um, it showed up on the little on the on the bottom of the screen when when uh, when Dynamite was on this week. Well, see, I only have somebody. a ninety-inch TV. I miss that. <laughs> <laughs> Did him right there. That was nice. Nice. He played Jugger. He has had a match. Is that true? Because I haven't seen it. It's it I said so on Dark. It said that he he had a match on Dark. Yeah. But again, um, I mean, as as Jargo and I point out often and with vigor we were told that we don't have to watch the shoulder content in order to understand what the fuck's going on you know on the main shows but apparently we do (laughs) thanks cody appreciate that out um jimmy t is there any future for tony niece other than on aew dark elevators i mean because (laughs) i have no need for tony niece to be on my tv i mean i i just i've never gotten anything out of the guy Talk about the lack of personality. His abs have got more personality than he does. Let's be honest. And, and he cut his talk. hair. And yeah. He like it looks even more generic. Like I, I didn't saw, know yeah. that was possible, but he cut his hair <laughs> and now he looks even more generic. He is like creator wrestler number four on WWE 2K22. <laughs> well, it's true, man. I've got nothing. I don't care about Tony Nese. What I don't understand about Tony Khan why bother wasting your money on talent like this when already you've got enough talent to like, you know, last you a lifetime pretty much. We don't need, he shouldn't be signing these type of guys. I don't care if they were in WWE before and or not. I mean, I'm fine with him signing these kind of guys, but you bring these kind of guys out for more important guys to just beat up. Like, don't right. present them like they're a big deal because, I'm sorry, Tony Nese is not a big deal. No, he's not. And you're right. That should be his tagline. Not a big deal, Tony <laughs> Nese. <laughs> Man, there's a lot of generic dudes out there. And when you said about Dark and Dark Elevator and whatever the fuck, um, well, the thing is about those shows, right? Even the, the talent on those shows, they're not even signed talent, Jago. Most of them are just indie guys getting a shot at possibly getting a contract. Yep. But Technically, they're not, they're not even all signed. No. And this is where I, I say about development, because isn't Martial supposed to be the, the trainer, the head trainer there? One of. Well, why is he on TV? Well, I mean, the only time QT Martial is on TV is when they meet somebody to take a bunch of bumps for one of the guys that's further up the card, which I'm fine with, but they just don't do it on a pay-per-view. Well, he gets on pay-per-views too, but my point is... Well, no, he got on a pay-per-view versus his buddy Cody. So he's only been on one? I could have sworn he was on two, but you're probably right. My point is, this guy, as good as he is in the ring, I'm sure he he knows how to work, right? He can't talk for shit. I mean, he could talk, big deal, but like, he doesn't seem to be the right guy to be the head of, say, development, just say. You know what I'm saying? So... I don't know, man. They need to do something. Tony Nisi's got no personality. I told you his abs have got more personality than he does. Yuda is just... What is he? What is Yuda? Tell me what he is. He's the great Yuda. I don't even know what his middle name is, Jimmy. <laughs> I don't even know his first name. What's his first name? Wheeler. Oh, yeah, that's it. Wheeler Yuda. What a name. Right? That will put butts in seats. 
You just you have to have him spit blue mist and call him the great Yuri. That's it. That's it. Put a mask on him. You know what? With those type of wrestlers, no shit. I'm being serious here. I don't disagree. Yeah, yep. put a mask on them, make them spit out all sorts of different colored mist, and then there you go, man. There, there's character development right there. Yeah, That's... as is, he, he can team up with Tony Nice and Daniel Garcia, and they can call themselves the, the Vanilla Midgets. I, like, That's it's, it. It's bad. And they can all be wearing white masks or creamy masks, you know, as the villain, <laughs> Vanilla Midgets. One Dang. thing they do need to be careful of, though, is Sammy Guevara. Yep. Because Sammy Guevara came off like a total dickbag tonight. Um, if you have a standing open challenge for your championship, don't be surprised when you guys come into the company and they try to make their name at your expense. That's kind of the point of an open challenge, Sammy. So you getting all pissy about it and getting all up in people's faces about it presents you as a dick bag not a baby face they got to be really careful with sammy guevara because his natural personality seems to be dick bag not baby face chris yeah. what do you make of sammy guevara your tnt champion right now well jimmy can definitely attest to the fact that when they first turned him face i had very similar arguments watching him in the ring. Even his in-ring um, mannerisms are heelish. That kip up into the Spanish god pose yep. that he does, that's straight heel. That's, that's Spanish like, god <laughs> is a heel moniker. And and this, what he did tonight, yeah, I mean, the baby face needs to, needs to embrace the challenge, right? The baby face needs to say, okay, you know, you're a really great athlete and I'm looking forward to beating you, to, you know, tomorrow night or next week or whatever like that's that's got to be the attitude of the baby face when the attitude of the baby face is to come in hot and be like i'm sick of this shit all these fucking people coming in here and getting a goddamn title shot i don't want to fucking fight you 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 haven't earned anything like heal it's heal like everything he does is heal everything he says is heal like that guy either needs to go back to wrestling school or they need to just book him as a heel he's a good heel the problem is, Jimmy, he has absolutely no idea how to be a babyface. And you know what? I hate to say it, but he's, both of you are right. I used to go against the grain with what Chris was saying. I would say, you know what? I think he'd be a good babyface, but I guess I was wrong. Well, <laughs> I mean, the thing yeah. that sucks is like in the ring, his moveset is a natural babyface moveset, right? right? Like <sighs> it's all flashy and you want to cheer the stuff that he's doing. He just presents as a total douchebag. Yeah, he's, he's Randy natural. Orton, but like, you know, he's like Midget Orton. He's actually <laughs> kind of fun to watch in the ring. He is. No, no, no. He you want to cheer him yeah. between the ropes, right? Like, that's that's the way his style is. He's Osprey, right? Like, yeah, you want yeah, actually, to that's cheer a good comparison. him. Right. Like, because he's so flashy in the ring, but he just he has no idea how to be a babyface. Well, the key word for me today is development. Again, you know what I mean? Put him in development. Look, he's got everything else. And like you guys said, I want to cheer him too. I like the guy. I really do. But if if this kid doesn't know how to actually be a babyface and he continues to be a so-called babyface, then send him into some sort of development school or even acting school if you have to and learn how to play a babyface because clearly... He just doesn't get it when it comes to that. And the fans do want to cheer him. It's true. 
Yeah. And it's simple fundamentals with the guy. I mean, he needs to, like I said, work on his mannerisms. That, that Spanish God kip up is not good for a baby face. You need to learn how to fight from underneath. And he's got to learn how to desperately go for the impressive moves. He'll have matches where he's supposed to be a baby face fighting from underneath, fighting a bigger guy. And he's putting him into one corner and shopping him and then putting him into another corner and shopping him. You don't do that as an underneath baby face fighting from the bottom. You, you need to be desperate. You need to be desperate to win the match. That's got to be your focus as a face. Win the match. And if, you're, and if your focus is watch how cool I can look and I'm going to beat up this guy and make his chest red, it's heel. It's just all heel. Everything that he, that's what I mean. Like He's got a great baby face move set, but everything he does between his wrestling moves is heel. At least on paper, next week's Rampage looks like a good one. This match is going to happen on Rampage. Tony Nese versus Sammy Guevara should be a good match, even though like, I just hope Sammy Guevara beats the shit out of him. But then we also have a two out of three falls match as FTR has laid out the challenge to the Lucha Bros. Two out of three falls. I can't believe they're going to blow this match on Rampage. I thought for sure this would at least be on Dynamite. Hell, this could take up 40 minutes of the freaking show as far as I'm concerned. Chris, I know this is going to make your head hurt because you know, you're not big on the whole Lucha style. But, I mean, these two teams just have great freaking chemistry together. I think this could be really, really good. Uh Okay. Listen, I, I don't mind the I, I don't mind Lucha style as long as as long as it's interesting. My problem with the Lucha Brothers matches is that they're very samey. Um, I was saying, uh, you know, on Wednesday on the skirmish, like, is is it impossible to scout Ray Phoenix's moves? Because I know he's going to do a springboard a springboard cutter, right? So when he puts his legs off the off the ropes and starts springing backwards, I'm just going to push him off so he can't do a springboard cutter, and when he grabs my hand and then slaps my chest and then goes to jump up and do six bounces on the ropes before he jumps down and does, you know, something very simple, like not simple, but you know what I mean? Simple, like an arm drag. I'm going to kick the ropes so that he hits his balls. Like nobody can scout anything that he's doing. And he's been doing the same stuff for two straight years. He's got to evolve at some point. And listen, like I'm fine with, you know, quick, you know, that kind of stuff. I love the cruiserweights in WCW, but each match felt special. And they had different people who did different things and it made for chemistry, right? You had Rey Mysterio trying to do the high fly stuff, right? And then you had Dean Malenko who was trying to ground him. You had different people creating, you know, meshes of, of styles that were really good. And to be honest with you, FTR's worst matches are against lucha style competition they are better when they have somebody who can work a real solid western match that's why i'm begging for the briscoes against ftr begging it'd be really really good jimmy i am a little surprised that we're not gonna do this match at battle of the belts and just have a winner take all Triple A tag team titles versus AEW tag team titles, you know, battle of the belts and then winner take all like that just seems like it makes sense to me, but we're going to, instead we're going to blow it off on rampage of all shows. 
I agree, except, like Chris just said about the Briscoes, maybe, just maybe, after that blow-off of a match, which you can listen to both of us on uh, on the Hamin Media Network and at, at markmedia.com, but I assume this will be the blow-off between these two teams, and then we move on to Battle of the Belt or Clash of the Champions like they really want to be. Right. Right. And uh, maybe the Briscoes come in there and challenge for the tag belts. I'm not saying they're going to debut there. They could debut on Dynamite for, you know. Right. But maybe, just maybe, they'll have something to do with that event. You know, funny enough, I got to get our first Zack Sabre Jr. reference of the show in because there will be another one later on tonight. <laughs> but, Chris, as you were sitting there talking about, you know, how you, if you see Phoenix going up and doing the springboard, you're just going to push him. Immediately, I thought of my favorite Zack Sabre Jr. promo when Kota Ibushi was just jumping on people out of the balcony one year at the G1. And Zack Sabre Jr. cuts a promo backstage that says, if you're going to try to jump on me out of the balcony, <laughs> I'm just going to move. Hey, I good. thought it was, it was like my favorite Zack Sabre Jr. promo ever. It was so great. The delivery was just money. Just move. <laughs> you right. did a good you did a good impersonation i'll give you kudos for that one jaga that was good hilarious great stuff let's talk about Riho. uh jimmy t i know you watch a little bit of stardom chris i know that you probably have never watched a stardom match in your life but you <laughs> Riho, when she was stuck over in japan at the beginning of the pandemic she was working for stardom and she was being recruited by all the different factions inside of stardom and it was a matter of which one is Riho going to join? And she ended up not joining any of them. Jimmy, tonight, as I was watching this match against Britt Baker, I thought, my God, this would be so much better if Riho was just repackaged as a member of Oedo Tai or Donna Del Mundo or Queen's Quest. I mean, not so much stars, but, you know, like any of like just repackage her because I think Riho can wrestle. But this, like, Japanese ballerina, whatever the hell her gimmick is, sucks. I agree 100%, but I'm glad you brought up Stardom and with Riho. Now, if you watched at the start of the year, maybe last year even, right, in, in Japan, when she was still wrestling in the Japanese promotions, did you notice they kind of did repackage her? She wasn't wearing that pinky ballerina stuff. She was wearing all black, for example, which made her look so much better. I think she came across better in the Just women's package. Right. But for whatever reason, in, in the Western markets, she's all pink. She's all like a fairy, like a ballerina, whatever the hell she is, right? Why not give her just a, a new lick of paint like she was doing in Japan? Make her come out all black. I know she can't talk, obviously, but make her just give her some sort of mean, like give her a bit of a mean streak. Because I know she can Star do like it. Kidder. Right, that's what I'm saying. So, I don't know. It's I guess Kenny sees, because I'm assuming Kenny's the one that's still in control here. Right. He sees Babyface all over it. I mean, he's desperately trying to get her over. But at the well, same I mean, time... I'm fine with Babyface, but, I mean, like, <clears throat> give me yeah. something to invest in. Because she's like the Tony Nese of the women's division. <laughs> like, she can wrestle, but I just do not care. I do like her, though. Like I said, and I thought tonight's match was actually quite good between the two of them, even though Riho lost. But, but still, won. man. Oh, she won? I Riho thought she won. lost. No, Riho yeah, but won. not 
It wasn't for the title, but was it? No, this was for a shot. She gets the shot. Right. Yeah. No, because I saw the end. I was watching it, but I wasn't watching it with the volume way up because I was on my phone. But um, yeah, so she won. Okay, well, so what happens now? So she now gets Riho a gets a shot. All right, but she's not going to win anyway. Well, I don't know. I mean, Chris, she is 3-0 and against Britt Baker. I mean, at this point, they are selling that Riho, for one reason or another, just happens to have Britt's number. And I'm fine with that. Like, that's a real sports-like story that we can tell here. Hell, we saw it today with Iowa and Nebraska, right? Like, Iowa's the number 16 team in the country going for their 10th win on the season. Nebraska couldn't hit water if they fell out of a fucking boat. And it takes, like, you know, a last-minute drive for the Hawkeyes to beat Nebraska for one reason or another. Sometimes somebody that's not as good just has the other person's number. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, you see that a lot in combat sports where you're, where you will have guys like uh, Mickey Ward, for instance, who's, you know, not a world-class champion style boxer, but he'll sometimes get in there and beat guys who are legitimately more talented than him. Um, you know, you have those, you know, in boxing, we call those types, those types of people, dark horses. Um, here, here's the thing with Riho, right? First of all, like putting her in all black, that kind of made me laugh because black is generally considered to be slimming. So if you put her in black, she's going to disappear. Um, <laughs> as far as why she though. didn't, as far as why she didn't join any of those factions in stardom, uh, they probably all had height requirements. Um, and in you clearly what, don't watch much stardom because Rio is one of the taller ones. <laughs> Jesus, and Asians are <laughs> smaller, man. <laughs> Yes, but they're not fairies for fuck's sakes. They're not that I mean, like, much smaller. Jimmy, than back me like, up. I bet you Re- Rico's probably got four inches on a zoomie. She does. <laughs> she, Jesus. It is what it is, man. And I take is. AZM over Riho any day of the freaking week. <laughs> and anyway, you guys were asking, you know, how can you make Adam Cole get some heat? And the problem with Adam Cole, like I said, is that he's so much smaller than everybody that you can never take him seriously as a dominant wrestler. He's always fighting from underneath visually. It's the same thing with Riho. You turn her heel. I mean, is she going to come out with a fucking katana? Because if not, I don't take her seriously as a threat. That Sheeta's gimmick, isn't it? Yeah, that's Sheeta's gimmick, right? Yeah, and I mean, Sheeta's at least got personality. Rio, she does. That's so much. She oversells a lot. Her facials are ridiculous sometimes. I, a lot of that's Joshi. I mean, that's just kind of that style, you know, for better or for worse. <laughs> All right, let's talk about your main event. And I said it at the beginning of the show, Jimmy. You weren't here, so I'll repeat myself. I hated this match. I absolutely hated Eddie Kingston versus Daniel Garcia. Um, I feel like Daniel Garcia is what happens when you order Zack Sabre Jr. from Wish. <laughs> That's a good call because they got similar body builds too, if you know what I mean. So. Similar builds, similar right. styles. But unfortunately, Daniel Garcia has not figured out what makes Zack Sabre Jr. good. The thing about Zack Sabre Jr. that makes him good, number one, is that he can grab you from any position that you are in inside of the ring and make it believable as far as the leverage part goes. Daniel Garcia is about halfway to where Zack is. Right. But what Daniel hasn't figured out is that for somebody your size to go one-on-one with somebody like Eddie Kingston, 
you have to hit them like 18 times to one of Eddie Kingston's hitting you. If Eddie Kingston hit Zach Sieber Jr. once, he would sell it like it was a freaking gunshot and he would be down for five goddamn minutes selling his ass off. And Daniel Garcia hasn't figured that part of this out yet. This was so close to 50 50 that it was driving me insane. Like a match like this for it to work, Zach Sabre Jr. would get probably about 70% of the offense. But that 30% of the offense that Eddie Kingston got would be enough for him to put away Zach Sabre Jr. That's the way this match should have been booked. They gave Garcia way too much in this match. And the thing that drove me insane, he's going after the knees. He's going after the opposite shoulder of the shoulder that has the Kinesio tape on it. <laughs> like that is the target. That is what you should be going after the entire match. He didn't go after it once. He went after the other arm. Fundamentals. Like, this thing was all over the place. The only thing that saved this is how goddamn good Eddie Kingston is right now, because Eddie Kingston Eddie is Kingston. just, this is the best Eddie Kingston I've ever seen. And I've been watching the guy for a decade at least. Right. And let's be honest. He was pretty much trash before, before AEW. not total trash, but like he's under, he could talk he's... his ass off, but Always. between the ropes, he just could not keep up. Now he knows the fundamentals, clearly. Someone has taught him the fundamentals on how to sell, how to do things in the ring. He's, he's changed tenfold. This is a good example of someone that's actually changed for the good in AEW. But in saying that, right, Daniel Garcia, man, I don't I, I, I mind him, all right? He's a little pocket rocket. He's got, aggress he's got aggression, right? But again, like you said, what the fuck is he doing? Like, you know what I mean? And why did we get... Jericho, like, really, and why was he in the circle really involved in this match in the end? Can anyone well, tell I mean, me that? We can get to that, but I before we do, Chris, sound off about Garcia because am I completely wrong here? Like, I just oh, feel no. like I see all this talent, but there's zero psychology behind anything that he does. Yeah, listen, I, I'm gonna go ahead and shock everybody right now. I'm gonna big up somebody who generally wrestles in Japan. Uh, Zack Sabre Jr. is fucking awesome to watch uh, because Absolutely. it looks believable every goddamn time. It looks like he's trying to win in the way that he might be capable of winning. And when he takes offense, it looks believable for a, sh for a shorter, skinnier guy to be taking a hard hit and falling over. Um, also, he's not he, – he, he doesn't he, – I mean, he gets a little bit into his, into his facials – but not to the point of overselling comedically. And Daniel Garcia tonight was, I mean, what the hell was he doing with his face at moments? He was doing the baby face fighting from underneath almost dead facials. And then he stuck his tongue out because he thinks that that makes him a heel. He, I mean, everything about this match just screamed like, send this kid to rip Rogers for a year. I, he can't do even the fundamentals of wrestling. He can do some cool moves. That's great. Wonderful. He can do moves. Moves are not fucking wrestling guys. And that's the, send that's him why, to Shibata. And you need to slow down. Why, you need to slow that's down. That's why Kingston has improved. He's not trying to keep up with everybody doing backflips. 
He's not trying to keep up with everybody doing senton presses. What he's doing is he's slowed down and he's telling believable stories in the ring. That's been the improvement for Eddie Kingston. He's not trying to keep up with the Young Bucks anymore. He's trying to keep up with Bret Hart. And as a Canadian, (laughs) I fully support that. The thing that I find interesting about Eddie Kingston and this run that he is on right now is Kevin Steen. Yes, um, good, it, good it's, it's very speculated that Kevin Steen will be going to AEW, Kevin Owens, for those of you that are strictly inside of the WWE bubble. Um, I'm not sure that there's room inside of AEW for both Kevin Steen and Eddie Kingston. They're very much the same character. And, you know, six weeks ago when this conversation came up, it was real easy you let Eddie Kingston go and you bring in Kevin Steen, Jimmy, at this point, I'm not so sure that that's as cut and dry as it was six weeks ago. No, not at all. As a matter of fact, like I said before, I was going to say Kevin Owens, but um, what's his name? Eddie Kingston. Let's see. I was getting confused with both of them. He's like I said, he's improved so much that he, he doesn't deserve to be, you know, put to the side because of, say, Kevin Steen slash Kevin Owens. I think you can look. You know what I think could happen, honestly. Don't be surprised if they team them up together, one way or the other. I mean, I, I could see that happening. And make no mistake, Kevin Owens is definitely jumping over. I think it's a, it's a foregone conclusion. He's coming one hundred percent. If but, you're Tony Khan and you already have Eddie Kingston, are you going to pay Kevin Steen as much money as you would if you didn't already have Eddie Kingston? I mean, knowing Tony Khan, he probably would pay to bring in Kevin Owens while still having Eddie Kingston. Look, I know what you're saying, and you're right. They are pretty much the same people, except Kingston is going to be controversial. But I think he's a little bit better than Owens on the mic, even. I think. You know what I mean? I know. I'll tell you why. Because when he talks, he looks like he really means it. It's coming from the heart. You know what I mean? Whereas Kevin Owens, he's good. He's great on the mic. I I agree with Kevin Owens, but I disagree if it's Kevin Steen. Okay. If you turn that guy loose, if he's not scripted by WWE creative. No, no, that's And you just. That's different. I'm talking about a different situation. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not talking about WWE style promote promo here i'm talking about off the leash they're both off the leash but kevin steen was known to be just as passionate before wb so and and people forget that so that's the problem they are very similar when you've got the ring of honor kevin steen and the eddie kingston of today it's hard to separate them well guys here's the difference though between like kingston and owens right because i agree that Eddie Kingston in AEW is very similar to Kevin Owens in the WWE. But Eddie Kingston in AEW is not going to be similar to Kevin Steen in AEW. Um, the Eddie, the, the <clears throat> Kevin Steen that they bring into AEW is going to be the ROH, I'm here to motherfucking murder right. everybody. <laughs> I am not losing my belt. I am not fucking taking a pin. I am not going to be fucking fodder for these assholes and their and their silly shit. See, that's you the say Kevin that, Steen that's going to come in. 
you say that and I see what they've done with Adam Cole to kind of bring the whole conversation full circle. And I could see Kevin Steen walking out as the third member of the Young Bucks two weeks oh, yeah. into freaking television. That's going like, to happen 100%. Kevin Steen is a different physical animal from Adam Cole. Everybody watching Kevin Owens in a fight can believe that he might kick the shit out of you in a bar. True, but although That's we will true. get what what Jago said, though we are going to get the Mount Rushmore wrestling. Oh, There's no doubt absolutely. about it. It's going to be a total fucking waste of time and energy. Yeah. At first, we're going to get that, and then I expect Steen to turn on on all the all of them, and then we go for a full blown Steen run. But we Kevin will Steen get Steen can be a monster in AEW. Absolutely, but we will get the Mount Rushmore wrestling. We have to, and I don't, I'm cool with that, only because it's blasphemy. Seeing him dressed up as a young buck. That's all I got to say. I think the biggest reason that I would take Kevin Steen over Eddie Kingston at this point is the creative program that is kind of looming with Chris Jericho. I mean, really, the last time we saw those two guys together, it was the Festival of Friendship. Jericho is going to be ecstatic to see his old friend, Kevin Owens, except Kevin Owens isn't going to show up. Kevin Steen is, and he's going to package pile drive Chris Jericho straight to hell. And I think you can I think you can print money with that program. And I think that program alone makes Kevin Steen more valuable to AEW than Eddie Kingston. I'm just not sure where Eddie Kingston fits on the card once Kevin Steen comes in. And that's unfortunate because I feel like Kingston has really earned his spot at this point. True. It's true. But we're just speculating. So we'll wait and see what happens for now. But a Jericho program with Steen right now would be awesome. Especially... Steen had put him out to pasture. Like right. that's, that's that's Jericho's retirement program that's ex- right there. You just took the words out of my mouth. As long as they do that, if Jericho is planning on retiring, that's what you do and let Steen totally put him out to pasture, as you said, Jago, 100%. And Eddie Kingston can keep being exactly where he is. He can be a middle-of-the-card baby face who has obvious flaws that certain people are able to take advantage of. You know, you're. I don't believe that you can ever really have a match where – Eddie Kingston cleanly goes over uh, Kenny Omega. I, I no just way. don't think that that's a believable result. I don't think that you can push Kingston that way. I, I said when he first had his, his match against Moxley that the best storytelling possibly possible, because we knew it was going to be an I quit match. The absolute best storytelling possible would have been if Moxley beat the absolute ever-living fuck out of Kingston, but Kingston refused to quit. And eventually Moxley, even Moxley, the rather sadistic fuck, took the microphone eventually and went, you know what? I'm not going to fucking kill you, Eddie. You can have the belt. I quit. That would have been the best story and about the only way I can see an Eddie Kingston becoming a world champion. Kevin Steen in AEW, he's money. Can I just quickly say, you know how odd will Kingston actually, really? Especially, I'd make him like a Mick Foley. You know, you know, to a point where you feel sorry for him, he gets beaten up a lot, but he comes back. If you can build him up like a mankind did before he won the world title, then maybe it will be believable. But for whatever reason, I can see him being that Mick Foley of AEW. Yeah. Is this the beginning of the Steam program? I guess is is kind of the next question that I have. Chris Jericho comes out to make the save for Eddie Kingston. I mean, 
I could see this being like, you know, Jericho being like, you know, you remind me of an old friend of mine. <laughs> I like I could I could see this kind of being the beginning of this it, is where this is gonna go. Was it December where his contract runs out or February? It's December. Uh, Steen, it's I'm December. Sure it's December, yeah. Then 100% this is what we're leading to. It has to be. Surely. That's the only thing that makes sense. Chris, what do you think? Is this the beginning of Steen, Jericho? God, I hope so. Um, that will get me excited. Um, don't like You can do the fucking Mount Rushmore thing a year from now after you've built him up as a serious threat um, to maybe cool him off for a bit to give somebody else a chance at the, at the top of the card. But please don't just bring him in here to do the fucking Mount Rushmore garbage. It's just they, that's how they work, though, Chris. Unfortunately, that's I know. What they they do. Look at what they're doing with Adam Cole. Right. Adam Cole's colder than fucking February <laughs> in Iowa. For fuck's sake. Like, Adam Cole, I like it. And it's cold, bro. Yeah, it's no, cold. Frozen. It's warm here. No heat. <laughs> now you're right. Worse. It's true. Actually, Adam Cold sounds like a better name for him now. Adam Cold. <laughs> yeah. Bye bye. You can give him the chili McFreeze gimmick, but just call him Adam Cole. <laughs> so that's going to wrap things up for this week's show. Thanks for watching and or listening. If you haven't already, please hit that subscribe button and then visit the Hameen Media Group over at channelattitude.com. Find me across social media platforms at notjargo, michaeljargo.com. Chris, how do the peeps, the freaks, and the geeks keep up with you? Yeah, well, I'm I'm on Twitter. Um, I'm over there uh, at Chris Ams one, as in the number one. Um, yeah, go ahead and give me a Ichiban! follow. Ichiban. <laughs> I have no idea what that means, but I'm sure it's uh, something. Oh, oh, okay, cool. Um, yeah, um, th- there's a, there's there's actually a Japanese restaurant in Winnipeg called Ichiban, so that's that's really really neat. Um, number one <laughs> Japanese restaurant. <laughs> It's the only uh, Japanese restaurant. They're still number one. Winnipeg. <laughs> yeah, but go ahead and give me a follow on Twitter. Um, I have lots of funny things to say. Jimmy T from the PWC, the GAG, the man who's late to his own party. How do the peeps, the freaks, and the Greeks keep up with you? Well, you can keep up with me at DJ Mass Effects on Twitter and at the PWC Network on Twitter. But m- more importantly, like and subscribe here at HMG, at HMG, where you can find this great show called Uncaged and The Blow-Off. Also, like and subscribe at, at markmedia.com and at the pwcnetwork.podbean.com. After two weeks of AEW Thunder, next week it sounds like we get Rampage back as we've got the two out of three falls with FTR and the Lucha Bros as well as Tony Nice versus sammy guevara we will talk to you about 15 minutes after the show for an all-new episode of rampage uncaged homie media group channel attitude.com for now we're off like a prom dress see ya bye